But what it was is was the intersection of all these ideas coming together and connecting in a new way. Yeah, you can connect dots, but I can't help not connect dots. Take yourself out of the creative process and, and be a person who worries about a group, an environment and an output rather than the idea itself. Hello and welcome to The Common Creative. My name is Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And we're on a mission to capture and share the tools and techniques of creativity in business. And this week's guest is the very special Shane Hatton. Paul, tell us a bit about what we learned from him. Oh, my goodness. We'll, have, we'll need a whole episode, uh, Chris, to uh, unpack what, what Shane has, has told us today. Uh, Shane is a, a colleague of ours. Shane is, is passionate about creativity and particularly creativity in leadership. Shane, uh, you know, if he wasn't such a nice guy, I think I'd really like to dislike him because he is incredibly insightful and articulate to boot uh, and he unpacked uh, so, so many things. And I think for me, the big takeaway is when he said that, you know, when he does ideation with people and they say, yeah, yeah, I can connect the dots too. And he says, yeah, but I can't not connect the dots. And I think that, 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 that quote pretty well sums up uh, Shane's approach to life and his, and his business. Uh, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I'm just thinking if, if you're interested in leadership in any way, shape or form, whether you're at the starting out in an organisation or at the top of an organisation, they should listen to this episode packed with insights about creativity and leadership. Yeah, it's certainly, I will certainly be re-listening uh, and, uh, and uh, pursuing or uh, perusing the, uh, the transcript uh, for all the, uh, the, the uh, great insights that uh, Shane gave us. So let's get Shane on the line and, uh, and get it under, under, under way. It's our great pleasure today to have uh, Shane Hatton. Shane is uh, born and bred in Queensland, uh, lives in Melbourne, but a creative at heart. So welcome, Shane, to our uh, our show, The Common Creative. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Bundy boy, um, which is always funny to say that, but I'm definitely Melbourneian by choice. Melbourne is home for me now um, and creative at heart. So getting around other creatives is a good experience for me. Shane, great pleasure to have you on the show. Also, we've got one person in New South Wales, one person in Melbourne, and Paul is currently in lockdown in Brisbane. So very exciting to sort of see how Paul copes with this show. <laughs> well, it's, which is no different for me because the only difference is I can't actually sit at my coffee shop. I could collect my coffee uh, on the way through, but otherwise than that, it's just uh, business as usual for me, except the whole family's down in the house. Um, Shane, we're going to get into a conversation uh, around uh, creativity and leadership. But before we do, I, I, I had a question for you. Now, we have asked you for a, a story, an idea, and a quotation. But before I get into that, um, you gave me a tip um, on, uh, on, the, on a webinar I attended recently, uh, which I think is an absolutely brilliant hack about uh, recording your ideas. Can you share that? <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I think I found personally is there are these moments um, that you get this like, it's like the, I don't know, it's like the idea drops. And I have a big kind of, uh, I guess, process when it comes to ideation, just in the creative process. I, I think they're not these kind of light bulb moments. I think they're a series of moments. But what we would typically describe as the light bulb moment, that epiphany moment, I have these like moments where the idea drops. And for so often, like I'm, I'm out doing something when that idea drops. For me, it's running. Like I'm always running and like I'm, I'm having this conversation in my head and then this creative idea comes into it. I'm like that is a million dollar idea. Then I get home and completely have forgotten it. 
Um, and I think you probably can relate to those moments. I've, I've lost so much money because of, I've, I've not been able to capture my ideas. So I've set up my phone now to say, Hey Siri, I've got an idea. And it automates the process to open Otter while I'm running. And I actually talk out my idea and it transcribes it while I'm running um, and captures it on my phone. Um, because it, it literally just it, it enables me to be able to take what I'm thinking about in the moment and not forget about it and go back to it later. And for people who might be wondering what Otter is, Otter is one of those auto-translate things which takes what you say and pretty, does a pretty good job of turning it into text. So that captures your idea. Yeah, it means I can search it later. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant hack. I've actually set it up. But I seem to recall, and I can't remember, what, is there an, another macro app that you need to link the two? Uh, or is it just something? Uh, but I think it's just in your shortcuts app within your phone. I'd have to have a look at it right. and actually walk okay, through the process okay. of it. Look, look, it is brilliant. I absolutely love it. And actually, it's very interesting you say that. I, a mate of mine this morning sent me two articles, one from The Times and one from um, some UK paper about the link between creativity and exercise. And supposedly, they've done all these studies now and they've, they've actually... Um, de- uh, defined or clarified that you get uh, two hours more creative thinking after you exercise. So, uh, you know, I think that's really interesting that you, you I don't know if it says about in the shower, but um, you get most of your ideas when you're running. So, uh, that's, uh, well, that that's explains fantastic. why I was so creative in 2020. I spent an hour a day exercising during my one hour of mandated exercise time. So, I was probably the most creative I'll ever be. Are there, are there other moments when you're creative? I mean, if exercise is one of the keys to kind of promoting or getting the creative side of the brain, are there other moments you can, can bring out your creative sides? Uh, I would say showers definitely another one. I think that's a, a pretty common place for creativity. You're just whiteboarding things on the fog on the glass or you're, you're like, I've got this idea and you, you draw it out and you're like quickly heating up the shower so you can get a bit more fog to finish the mirror um, and then it disappears again. So there is a thing, you can get shower notes now which you can actually write in the shower. I haven't gone that far um, but I generally quickly will run out of the shower dripping and make some notes on my phone uh, once I've had an idea. I'm pleased to hear you say that. Well, my my brain went. Well, it'd be a really good idea to have a little camera in your shower, and then then I thought that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> so, um, Shane, just before we do get on to creativity and leadership, uh, I haven't actually asked you this question before uh, without notice. Uh, do you have a creative output uh, you know, outlet? Um, you know that's not sort of work related. I know you're a fabulous photographer, and if everyone checks out Shane's website, Shane Hatton. Uh, all, all those amazing photographs are done by Shane himself. Uh, so uh, it, it really is uh, absolutely brilliant. I thought, oh, my God, I should get that photographer. He goes, oh, you know, I did those myself. So, uh, <laughs> so do you have a creative outlet, Shane? Look, I, I, there's two reasons I could tell you that I took my own photographs there. Number one, I could say I enjoy the, the hobby of photography. The other one I could say is I was too cheap to hire a photographer. Um, let's go with the fact that I, I find photography as a, as a nice creative outlet. Um, but yeah, I actually, I actually do love, I love, I love photography. If I had my chance to, to do something that kind of just lights me up and energizes me, I don't do it enough. It would just be grabbing a camera and walking around the city and just taking photos. Uh, I think there's something really great about capturing a moment, being able to take a step back and look at it and go like, I, I captured that. Um, and it's never quite the same, but just the ability to be able to go, I'm really proud of something that I've created. So I love anything that I can do that I can create and then I can ho- step back and look at it and go, I, I kind of created that and I made that. So yeah, that's kind of my hobby. Shane, there's been a bit of a photography theme in a lot of our podcasts. I'm, I'm a kind of also a, a photography nut. Um, and we've had another professional photographer on the on the show, a friend of Paul's called Paul Harris. Harris. Um, does photography teach you anything? I understand the pleasure of photography and that challenge of capturing a moment. 
what are the learnings for business or for leadership? Are there any connections or is it just an outlet? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely, um, from my perspective, uh, metaphor that you can draw out of the photography experience that you can pull into a business experience. Simple things like how you frame something can really alter your perception of that, how you engage with it. And I think framing is such an important part of photography, right? Being able to go, how do I capture this in a way that communicates the entirety of the story? I want to make my favorite kind of books is The Art of Travel by Alain de Baton. And, and he talks about um, like why we try to photograph moments is because we're trying to capture beauty and it's never going to be the same entirely being able to capture a photo of it. But what we're trying to do is capture the essence of something in a moment. And I think uh, as leaders, we're, we're constantly trying to find ways to be able to frame things and capture things in a moment that tells a story, um, whether it's the story to our clients, whether it's the story to our teams. Uh, we're, we're, we're storytellers, right? Leaders are storytellers, photographers are storytellers, artists are storytellers. Uh, it, it's all kind of woven. Uh, I, I just say that you can't capture beauty. You obviously haven't seen uh, Chris's photographs. Uh, he does, <laughs> he does a lot of beauty. So, <laughs> sorry, Chris, you're going to ask a question. Well, I was I was going to jump in. I I, I kind of agree profoundly with, with what you said. I think uh, what I always tell people about photography is that the, the a camera is just a very dumb piece of machinery, and it can't compete with the human brain. So, if you want to capture what it is you're seeing, you kind of have to lie, steal, steal cheat. You've got to do everything in your power to make that dumb machine communicate what it is that you've got in your brain and that means framing it means post-processing it, it, it means choosing a, a a way of seeing that image um that's true to what you've got in your head rather than what might be in front of you if you stand still hold up your phone and go click and I, it's interesting to hear you talk about that in leadership yeah yeah, I mean, my, my, I'm probably, I'm, I'm a hobbyist photographer, so I enjoy going and being mindfully present and taking photos. Um, but in general life, I'm the opposite. So I don't take photos very often on my phone. I'm not the person that goes to a concert and records it or goes out to dinner and takes the group photo. I, I kind of despise all of that. I, I would much rather be really present and engaged. My wife, on the other hand, is the opposite end of that. She captures a photo for absolutely everything. And I'm kind of, you know, I was, for a long time, I was like, why do you do that? Like, why are you taking a photo of us? or taking a photo of your napkin at dinner. But what she does is she goes back and she goes through those memories and she kind of brings the story to life and she kind of makes that sure that that moment she had, she never forgets. And I think there's something really powerful about keeping a story alive through kind of these moments. You need to get her that app to work to go, Siri, take a photo. (laughs) <laughs> well, I kind of am that app for her. She says, Shane, take a photo, and I do it. So it's working for her right now. We've met an app, an actual app, live on the Google Creative. You heard it here. A world first. Shane, let, let me ask you the question which I'm, I'm itching to ask because you're, you run your own practice, and the focus of that practice is leadership. And clearly, Australia needs leadership now. Businesses need leadership. I can see the opportunity there. But you said, at heart, I'm a creative earlier on. And and I I wonder, what is the connection between creativity and leadership? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. So the work that I do is typically working with organizations now to help close the, I guess, the leadership gap that exists between their executive leaders and their people leaders. So um, how do we upskill your middle of the organization so that they're remarkable leaders? And I feel like when we develop remarkable leaders, um, it allows our executive leaders to be more strategic and less transactional because a lot of the, the capability that's required to operate at a mid-level of an organization is taken care of. But when I describe myself as a creative at heart, for me, it's an identity conversation, which 
I would describe myself a creative at heart as creativity is, is so intricately woven into my identity as a person. And it's not necessarily something that I, I put into leadership. And I think to some degree, we're all, we all have that creative identity. Um, so whether you're a leader and you say, well, I'm not a creative, there's probably an association that you've, you've kind of a, a connected to that word creative and you've missed the kind of the core essence of what they, what it means to be creative as a leader. But so what I'm wondering is, is if one of the features of creative people is they come up with ideas, they can suggest options, that there's always something new in their heads. Should leaders kind of distance themselves from creativity? Because if you're, fo- if you're trying to follow, what you need is a sense of consistency, a sense of clear direction. And if a leader is going, oh, it could be this and it could be that, is creativity a dangerous thing for a leader? I think all creativity is dangerous. I think just in general, but but I would suggest that for leaders, um, there is in, an incredible capacity to be creative within consistency. And, and I think those two things you might say, I'm either creative or I'm consistent. And I actually think there's some beautiful creativity that can exist within consistency, right? It's like giving someone an, a, a, a canvas and saying, I want you to paint and it's blank and you kind of do anything with what you want and you go, well, I could be creative and we might associate that with creativity. Whereas I would associate the kind of creative that I am as give me framework, give me boundaries, give me ideas and let me piece it together in a new way. So it might be, I'm giving you a brief and I want you to paint this, but there's expression that you could bring to that. So I reckon, again, it's part of what, what how we've defined creativity. Um, but yeah, I think all creativity is inherently dangerous i love that thought because i enjoy i have to say i personally i enjoy a little bit of danger i think it keeps us you know on edge it keeps us alive and and without that sense of threat in some of the ideas we do they they risk becoming bland so maybe that that well it's new right like like creativity is not necessarily um it's not something that's groundbreaking and brand new. It's it's most of the time it's building on the concepts and pieces and and adding to it. But at the end of the day, it's a new idea. And I think newness comes with a sense of risk that it could work or it could fail. And it comes with change. It means we need to let go of some things, grab hold of other things. And that whole process of letting go and grabbing hold of is, is, is risky. And that risk kind of can feel dangerous um, in the creative process. Yeah. Um, actually, it's interesting. One, one thing I, I, I had two, two questions. The first one is, um, you know, we're having this conversation about creativity and leadership. Uh, and, you know, and Chris and I are in a sort of very similar, um, you know, field, I suppose. Uh, and we're often having this discussion about, you know, selling creativity to business. Um, now, I, I see on your website, I just, you know, had a quick look before we came on. I, I don't really see the word creativity there. Uh, it's certainly not in bold letters. Um, do you, do you, obviously, you know, you, when you, when you deliver it, do you talk about creativity, you know, although you don't sort of overtly promote it? Um, yeah, I think my perspective on that generally, I probably don't talk specifically to creativity. I talk more through the process of, of ideation is the kind of language that I use. And part of that comes from my background as a, a, a Clifton strengths and a Gallup strengths coach. Um, and my number one theme is ideation. And ideation in, in Clifton Strengths is that ability to be able to connect the dots, right? And, and like Paul, you're saying, like, that's you as well. Like, I think, um, ideation helps you to be able to see patterns in things. And the way I explain it to people, people might say to you, well, you know, anyone can come up with ideas. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Anyone can come up with ideas. My issue is that I can't not come up with ideas. When someone says something, it's like my brain fires in a different way. And I'm like, 
And so I, I use this example from time to time with people. I say, like, let's do some word association. And I say, I, I go blue and people say sky, right? That's their default response. And I go, well, sunflower. And people go, what? I, I can't see that. And you go, yeah, because when I think of blue, I think of the sky, which makes me think of the sun, which makes me think of the sun beating down on a garden. And in that garden is a sunflower. And and people go, how did your brain do that? It was like, it was just connecting the dots in this rapid fire kind of way. And so when we talk about creativity, I, I, I don't necessarily say, I'm going to help you be more creative. I go, I actually think that process is either a natural process that you follow, your brain does it instinctively, or you can actually force your brain through that pattern or through that process. And it can actually be quite systematic. So I reckon either way, the ideation process is available to everybody. Yeah. Actually, I think I think just an observation, I'll come back to my other observation. Uh, on your last webinar, you spoke about um, uh, our colleague, um, Michael uh, Dixon, who said that if creativity is connecting the dots, then curiosity is collecting them. Uh, in a subsequent conversation, I've added, well, then in that case, a curation is sorting out the dots. Um, and I think that's sort of the thing. You know, if you've got too many dots, you know, it's hard to know which ones to connect. So I think you have to go through that through three three step process of the of the curiosity, you know, collect the dots, curation, sort them out, and then then connect them. Well, since we last spoke, I reckon that if curiosity is the art of collecting dots, creativity is the art of connecting them, curation is the art of sorting them, and collaboration and collaboration is the art of sharing them. That's oh, that's okay, my well, addition that I'll add to this conversation. Okay, well that's fantastic. Well, <laughs> we've got uh, Chris. We, if, if we have five, so you have to come up with one now. <laughs> well, Chris, that's me, and then give him to Chris because he's going to need him. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I'm. Uh, uh, what I'm learning from this conversation about not creativity is a kind of meta thing, but there's this there's ideation, there's curation, there's collection, and so on is that it's important to kind of be able to put creativity into a box. There are moments when you need creative tools, you need a creative brain, and that would be perhaps in an ideation type moment. But there may be moments when you want to put that to one side because it might be unhelpful. Let's imagine that you're implementing something or that you're uh, analysing something. And then the creative brain kind of needs to be parked because you need different kinds of thinking. Uh, So do you think that's fair? Is it a good idea? Creativity has a big role to play, but learn to keep it in its place because other bits of the brain need to come into play. Yeah, I I think there's an element of that. And the the element that I hear in that is there's a moment that you need to detach from the creative process. Um, and, And what I've found in my experience in this is that you can be so pulled into a creative ideation process, creative or ideation process, whatever you decide, and you can be so in the trees that it's really hard to, to zoom out and see the forest. And in the creative process that I talk about, it's kind of walking through six different stages of the creative process. And I think frustration is the first start in the creative process, which is typically something right now is getting on my nerves. It's creating this like internal discomfort. And because of that, it inspires me to want to do something. So it might be that there's conflict in our workplace. There's a system that's broken. Something is frustrating me. But if you skip forward in the process, there's another moment of frustration. I reckon it's the kind of fourth pr- part of the process. Again, frustration. And I talk about the, as, speak about it as the moment of abandonment. And for, the, for two reasons. Number one, it's a moment of abandonment because most people give up on it because it feels like the start of the process. It feels like frustration. And they go, well, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm letting it go. And the second reason is there's an, a moment of abandonment in being able to take a step back and go, I'm going to just detach from the outcome of this for a moment. And then once I can let go of that, then maybe I can engage more um uh, engage more in this process. So again, part of it is being able to know when do I need to let go of this so that my brain has that c- 
capacity to be able to connect the dots? And when do I need to actually dive deeper and kind of be more resilient in the process? Lovely thought that I once worked with um, Michael Wolf, the, the, one of the two founders of Wolf Olin's, the graphic design agency. I remember him saying to me once, if you have a good idea, throw it away. Because we get, you get too attached to it. You know, we all know that the best ideas are your own ideas. And it's very dangerous that you can't see it objectively. You can't build on it and so on. So, so his, if you have a good idea, throw it away. You'll have plenty more, so don't worry about it. Um, uh, also, I think it's very inspirational, the idea that frustration, something you'd associate as being a negative word, can actually be the source of inspiration for creativity. So if you're feeling that pain of something wrong in your life, you could celebrate it and say, great, this is a moment to get creative. This is a moment to fix that frustration. Beautifully put. I like to reframe frustration as motivation, which is like, if I'm not frustrated by this, I'm probably not motivated to do anything about it. And I think for a lot of the big changes in my life, the reason why I changed is I was so frustrated with the way things were. And I didn't want it to continue to be the same way. So like last year during COVID, I think I, I lost about 25 kilos last year. And I, it, I, I did that. I got to that point where I was like, I was so frustrated, not with just the weight. What I was frustrated was with the pain that came with that, the, the, the lethargy that came with that, the motivation that came with that. And I got to the point where I was so frustrated with the way it was, I had to find new ways because I'd tried all these things in the past. And so I found a new way because I was so frustrated by the old way. Mm. That's, that's fantastic. That's uh... Uh, I was just going to go back to a point you made earlier and it's sort of carrying on from your collaboration uh, point, uh, sharing the dots all uh, together. But there was something I read recently and I think it was actually uh, Alan Watts, you know, and he's been dead for 50, 60 years. He was talking about sort of connection of ideas and, and, what, he, and what he said, and it's really, about, it's really about ideas, about bringing two things, two things together, but it's also about the collaboration. And he says that in chemistry, uh, when two elements come together, if one of them reacts, then they're both changed forever, um, which I think is really interesting, you know, because, you know, in this, this process, you know, and so I'm just wondering, you know, in your, in your work, you know, your observation of this, you know, of you, you know, maybe being the, be being the catalyst, you know, how even just, you know, the, the, the experience of people uh, that you work with, you know, changing forever, um, hopefully for better. Um, <laughs> I I love the concept um, that uh, Franz Johansson talks about in the Medici Effect, which is a, a fantastic book. And he talks about um, intersections. And he said, our, our greatest creativity comes out in these moments of intersections. And intersections, he talks about as intersections of disciplines and ideas and diversity of thought and those, those kind of moments in life where we connect with people in different ways. And for me, I'm constantly asking myself, how can I position myself at intersections of disciplines? So, like to give you an example, I, I remember growing up, I used to spend a lot of time, I would go to my Nana's house and, and one of the things that I would do there is that she would kind of have all these tapestries and we would just do tapestries. Like, it, I'm a, I clearly wasn't a cool kid um, based on the story, but again, like I was... I would do tapestries with my nana. Well, it was and it Bundaberg. Was kind of, it was not It wasn't a lot to do. But it was totally out of the back of my mind. Like, it wasn't something I thought about since I was a kid. And I had this opportunity. We were doing this campaign. I was working on a campaign once um, 
And we were trying to do something that was like a public, uh, kind of like a bit of a guerrilla marketing, bit of a public um, campaign. And we were going down Hosier Lane in Melbourne, one of the graffitied laneways. And we were like, what could we do as like an installation in there that could work really well? And I had just seen someone talk about an event that they went to, which was like a, a UV neon kind of party. And all of a sudden, these two ideas from tapestry as a kid of like the wool that comes from a tapestry and the neon lights of a UV party. I was like, I wonder if you could get like neon colored wool. And what would it look like if we were to light up some UV lights and light up some neon wool and actually do an installation using neon wool and UV lights? And we did. We installed it in, in Hosier Lane and we did this installation, took photographs of it, and, and it was incredible. But what it was is was the intersection of all these ideas coming together and connecting in a new way. So for me, it's about like, how can I keep putting myself at the intersection of of tapestry and UV lights, of medicine and marketing and business and psychology and retail and not-for-profit? Like, I'm constantly asking me how, myself, how do I put so myself if, there? Shane, if you had... Because I'm thinking, damn it, you just have a gift for connecting the tapestry from your sort of childhood with an opportunity in Jose Elena Neon and us mortals could never do that. How can we? How can we do that in practice? Because I'm trying to think what I did as a kid. It was mainly beat up my brother, I think. Um, so how can I build on those experiences? All of us have got those experiences. I think what we struggle to do is make the connections. Yeah. Give you a call, I guess, is one answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I would suggest, and it's, and it's not everybody's. Uh, I wouldn't say this is a blanket rule, but I would suggest a contributing factor is that we don't have a lot of margin in our time to sit down and sit with the dots. Um, we, we create a lot of space where we, we collect the dots, but we don't have the space to sit down and, and connect them. Um, and for me, it's about, you know, uh, I think, what's his name? Uh, oh, his name's escaped me now. Uh, but he talked about this idea of like a kaleidoscope, putting glass in the kaleidoscope. And similar to collecting dots, he said, like, you collect the colored glass. But then what you've got to do is you've got to sit down and turn the kaleidoscope and look at it and, and create the patterns. And I reckon that's probably the missing step for a lot of people is they've got no margin in their day. They've got no space to be creative, to sit with the ideas and actually go, oh, is there a connection between some of these things? Mm. Um, that, I, I love that. Actually, um, we'll, uh, I know you'll think of that name. We'll, we'll whack it in the show notes. James um, Webb Young is his name. Oh, yes. Yeah, so he, he's a, uh, a favourite of mine as well, um, Shane. I know you've mentioned him. Um, and I always do forget um, that th- three-barreled name. Um, Shane, we'd asked you in the briefing note to bring us a, uh, uh, a quote, an idea and a story. Now, you may have covered those already, but um, have, have you covered those three things for us? Well, I mean, there's stories in there. I mean, the, the quote that comes to mind for me when I was thinking about this is is this idea that uh, one that Seth Godin has, which is great ideas are amplified when others build on them. And I think for me, our, our best ideas, um, this is probably why I love leadership, is leadership has this ability to be able to um, collect experience and, and draw out collective experience and then allow others to build on that experience and to create something that is more than what we could have created within our own capacity. So again, like leadership has the ability to tick off so many of the boxes in the creative process. Um, But as a leader, I think one of the challenges is often that when we're promoted to leadership, we're promoted because of our good ideas. Like it's because we've been able to make a contribution. Then as leaders, the challenge then becomes, okay, how do I make sure that I'm creating creative environments, not just creative ideas? And then that's taking the step back to go, how do I facilitate an environment? And that's really allowing others to build on our ideas and amplify the the impact of them. Yeah. Have you ever seen the... um 
uh, TED Talk, very short TED Talk by Derek Sivers uh, about how to build a movement. Um, it's fabulous. It's only about five minutes, yeah. uh, but it's all, it's all based on the fact of it's, it's the, 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 the powers and the second follower, um, you know, and, and it shows this guy, you know, dancing at a, a music festival by himself, the total idiot. And he's giving a commentary and, and it's not until the second guy gets up that encourages everyone else. He says, so it's actually the second follower. So I think that, that, that insight you have is, is, is very, um, very poignant. Um, um, yeah, okay. Uh, an idea, you've shared lots of ideas. Any others that you wanted to share? Um, In terms of an idea that I've had, I've got a, I've got yeah, a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Just one. Where the an, idea, an idea about leadership. Is there, a, is there? I mean, I've got loads of ideas from you. So, but is there an idea about leadership you want to share? Yeah, I think so much of the conversation around creativity and leadership really comes down to the associations that we've created with what what creativity is all about. And again, like so many people have this. I don't know what this is, internal dialogue or story that they're telling themselves that I'm not a creative, that it's my job to be able to, you know, to find other people to be creative or empower other people to be creative and because I'm not a creative person. But whether you're a typically a systematic person or whether you might say you're a bit more of an abstract, intuitive kind of feeler person, wherever you sit on that, like both have this creative capacity. And I, I think the thing that is is constantly being reinforced the more people I work with is that people don't give enough, give themselves enough credit for their creative capacity. Um, and more often than not, they just either need some person to draw it out of them, which is where people like you both are so valuable into an organization. It's not that you go and you teach them how to be creative, right? It's that you teach them how to draw out their creative capacity and you show them and you give them tools to be able to do that. And you go, oh, I didn't realize the whole time that I had this within me. Um, and I think that's sometimes where we need other people like you both is to be able to go, actually, our organization needs you not because we're not creative, but because we need someone to draw it out of us and realize that that potential is already there. And it's just maybe lying dormant right now. I love that metaphor about drawing out because I, you know, in my work actually use drawing. So that's perfect for me. And uh, great. And uh, we didn't we didn't bring you on to uh, promote Chris and I, but thank you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so listen, um, I think that's uh, really about time. Unfortunately, Shane, we could literally, uh, I'm sure, talk on for hours. Well, we probably uh, maybe... will. Once this is done, we'll, we'll stop recording <laughs> and then we'll just keep chatting on for the rest of the day. I've cleared my calendar. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> well, I'm in lockdown, so I, I got nowhere to go. You got three so, days. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm guess right. I can talk for three days. So look, Shane, uh, it, it's been great uh, to uh, to connect with you, and and um, I have certainly learned a lot, a lot more uh, today, and and uh, in our conversations in the past have been very valuable. Uh, so um, yeah, look, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Shane. Uh, likewise, I've learned loads and loads of new stuff about creativity. Remind us, how can people get hold of you if they want some support developing leadership in their business? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way, I hang out on LinkedIn, so we, we can you can find me there, um, but you can search online at shanemhatton.com and you'll find ways to connect with me. But yeah, just thanks so much for, for creating this space to have creative conversations. I, I talk a lot about leadership and I don't get much of an opportunity to really dive deep into the creative capacity conversation. So this is like been a really, it's like my photography. This is a nice creative outlet for me to talk about this right now. So thank you. Uh, our, ple- our pleasure, Shane. Well, thank you, Shane. That what an amazing episode. Um, Shane officially talks about leadership, but it's it was so rewarding to hear that so much creative um, energy and cr- lessons about creativity underpin his thinking on leadership. Yeah, no, look exactly, and uh, 
there's certainly no pulling the neon wool over his eyes uh, when it comes to how to connect creativity with uh, leadership. So yeah, no, that was uh, very entertaining, a great, uh, and we've got to say that Shane was recording a podcast at midnight last night and he was up doing another one at five o'clock this morning. So he's done very well to, uh, to come in all cylinders fire, firing and connect the dots for us today. So, so if, if you've enjoyed this episode, please give us some feedback. Give us a rating, write some comments, tell your friends, and of course, tune in again next week. Yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. See you next week. See you next week.